The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. Hello and welcome to Betty in the Sky with a Suitcase. I'm Betty. I'm a flight attendant for a major airline. I'm also an avid traveler and I take my recorder with me so I can bring you stories from work in the airplane from the pilots who fly those airplanes and from around the world. This episode is called Lost in Translation because one of the benefits of my job is that occasionally I get to go out of the country for work and I get to meet people from all other parts of the world. But sometimes when you're dealing with people with different cultures, different languages, sometimes communication, it can get a little lost in translation. We have some uh, pilot stories that are especially funny in this episode where communication issues can be a problem even in the cockpit. In the end of this episode, it's going to be a rather short episode because I am leaving the country tomorrow. So I have a fine announcement to make at the end of the episode. So here we go. Let's go get lost in translation. I was laid off for uh, two years. And during my layoff, I went and flew for an Asian carrier and in Tokyo, based in Honolulu. And our publications, our books, those who have flown a little bit and use uh, some charts, if a chart is blank, on one side of the page, it's going to say intentionally left blank. Intentionally left blank, so you know that purposely nothing's supposed to be printed there. Anyhow, uh, the Japanese took that translation literally, and if the page was blank on the right side, it said intentionally right blank. Lost in translation. Then I had a buddy of mine, and then I had a buddy of mine, he was uh, doing an approach back into Honolulu, and in the airplane, there's a feature called vertical speed where you select a rate in feet per minute, up or down, and you adjust the rate with a thumb wheel. My buddy selected vertical speed, and he used his index finger to adjust the rate. Captain looks over at him and says, Ah, Josan, uh, thumb wheel, not index finger wheel. Thank you. Uh, we're coming across the Atlantic on an A310, and this guy was telling me one time they were making a crossing, and uh, British Air was out in front of them. And, of course, their call sign is speed bed. You might have heard this one where... <laughs> <laughs> so anyway what is their call sign speed bird but they go speed bed of course because they're very uh, eloquent and this is just to just to acknowledge the eloquence of the brits and how they they speak and everything well anyway out over the mid- middle of the atlantic at least before we had satcom and all this other kind of stuff and vps but they don't know where you are you're talking to a radio center that relays your position air traffic control so anyway, you make your position reports, and then as you make the crossing, in this case going from east to west, you talk to Gander Center, they sweep the radar, and they know exactly where you are. They have radar contact, and after that, you're fine, you know? 
So anyway, they're they're cruising along, and they go a Clipper such and such. Uh, they're checking in with Gander Center, and they go Roger uh, Clipper uh, two four heavy uh, radar contact, or just Clipper two four. And uh, so right behind him here is uh, uh, Gander Center Speedbird one eight heavy level three four zero. And Gander takes a sweep with the radar, doesn't see him where he's supposed to be, and all of a sudden sees him way south of the course. He goes, uh, Speedbird, be advised, we show you four zero nautical miles south of course. Now, this is a big deal. That's considered a gross navigational error. You could actually collide with another airplane, and, uh, you know, he must have entered the coordinates wrong or something like that. So, I mean, this, you got fines, you get time off. It's, it's really ugly, you know. So, anyway, you know, the typical American response would be, damn it, or something like that, you know. So, he says, Speedbird, be advised, we show you four zero nautical miles south of course. Because there's a pause on the radio, and the Brit comes back very eloquently. There is less than joy in the cockpit at this time. <laughs> Less than joy. <laughs> I was born in the Netherlands, and when I came to this country in 1962, I didn't speak very well English. So I started flying in 1968, and um, my native tongue was Dutch, so they tested me in English. That was my second language, quote-unquote. So here I was flying in 1969. I was already an onboard leader right away. And these nice gentlemen going from New York to San Juan, Puerto Rico, were having drinks, and it started to drip above the seat. And I so tried it was to, water. Yeah. It water, and it was the air conditioning. But I, my English words get mixed up sometimes. So when they asked me what it was... Instead of condensation, I told them that it was constipation from the plane. <laughs> they must have thought I was really a dingbat, even though I'm not blunt, because they all four asked, why don't you get off in San Puerto Rico and go with us and stay with us? I said, I'm sorry. But then they corrected me. It says, it's condensation, I believe. <laughs> and I made the same mistake once. Instead of saying a concert, I say it was a corset. So, a concert? <laughs> concert was a corset <laughs> so i was going to a corset in new york instead of a concert so you do get a little tongue twist over you and uh, back in the old days you land in chicago at o'hare and it's one thing to land on the runway in bad weather and all that stuff but it's another thing to get from the runway to the gate they've got all these crazy taxiways with crazy names they've improved it somewhat they've streamlined it and they have standard taxi procedures so you're aware of it but back at this time as soon as you clear the runway and you call for a taxi they gave you this big long litany of taxiways that you so he said they clear the runway and i say uh 1148, we're clear runway, uh, 32 left, going to gate Lima 6. And I go, Roger, take the cargo wedge stub jog inner outer parallel, blah, 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 blah. And you know, the co-pilot had to be there with a pen ready to write all this stuff down because the guy wanted a read back, you know. So anyway, he goes, uh, Roger, cargo stub wedge jog inner, blah, 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 blah. You know, reads it all back to him. He tells me right behind him, Aeromexico clears the runway. Now, Aeromexico typically, you know, and part of it's a language barrier. I'm sure they have some articulate pilots over there. But because of the language barrier, a lot of times they get an instruction, all you hear them say is Royer. They say Royer instead of Roger because they can't pronounce their G's. Their G's are kind of silent, so they always go Royer. So anyway, Aeromexico clears the runway right behind him. Uh, Chicago Grand, uh, Aeromexico, uh, 148, we clear runway 32 left, going gate Lima 4. So, uh, 
excuse the uh, lousy accent here. So they go, uh, Roger, Mexico, take the inner outer parallel jog stub, you know, blah, 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 blah. So Air Mexico comes back and goes, Royer. But that's all he said, you know. And, and of course, the ground controller wanted the full readback. So he goes, well, Roger, what, Aero Mexico? And he thinks for a second. He goes, Royer, doyer. <laughs> Bill said they just about went off the taxiway under the grass. We were laughing so hard. Uh, but he told me he was in Chicago on the 7-5. And uh, he was taking off on runway 3-2 left. For the pilots listening, I'm sure they're familiar with that. You take off on runway 3-2 left, which is ordinarily a very long runway, and they use the T-10 intersection, which gives you about 8,000 feet and some change. So that way they can, you know, land and take off all these different crazy runways that they have out there. So anyway, he's right behind Aeromexico. <laughs> It's a 727. Now, this 727 is going nonstop from Chicago O'Hare down to Mexico City, so that's kind of pushing it for a 7-2. You know, he's a little bit heavy, and he's taking off on about an 8,000-foot runway thereabout. And, again, I don't have the uh, charts with me uh, now that I've moved over to this airplane, so I can't show it. Yeah, do not have Chicago charts. So I was going to show this to you, but I don't have it anymore. I'm just checking out. This is my first flight on the 7-6-400. But at any rate... Uh, he's falling behind Aeromexico, and you go around the curvy uh, uh, outer runway or outer taxiway, then you get on the parallel, and then he turns around, or you know, he's turning the corner. Aeromexico gets cleared into position and hold, which is a common thing. You get cleared into the runway to hold in position. And they say, Aeromexico, uh, 238, uh, cleared position to hold, uh, runway 32 left, Tango 10 intersection. And the uh, captain or whoever's on the radio goes, roll your position and go. And he pushes the throttles up, and he starts his takeoff roll. And the tower goes, no, 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 Air Mexico, stop, stop, stop. <laughs> stop in the airplane. Gary said he saw this himself. By now, he has turned the corner, so he's he's perpendicular to the runway. He's got a great look at this thing. No, Air Mexico, you're not clever. Take off position and hold. Roll your position and go. Pushes the throttles up again. No, Air Mexico, stop, stop, stop. <laughs> <laughs> he stops again. <laughs> Third time. Gary told me three times, this guy. I hope Gary listens to this. I remember it well. Aeromexico, you are not cleared to position and hold. Uh, I mean, you're not clear for takeoff. You are cleared to hold a position. You are cleared position and hold. Third time. Roll your position and go. So by now, the tower just goes, goes heck with it. You know? <laughs> but now, you know, because of these two iterations he's already had of stop and go, you know, he's he's down the runway a little ways. And again, as, as I mentioned to you, he's heavy. He's going to Mexico City, and he's not on a real long runway. So they say, Gary's watching him. He's rolling and rolling and rolling. And they rotate, and he sees the nose come up, and they're rolling and rolling and rolling. And then he just disappears into a cloud of dust, you know. And you see the swirlies coming off the wingtips, and he's right there in the ground effect. And the tower controller says, Aero Mexico, are you going to make it? And the guy comes back and says, I think so. (laughs) (laughs) And right behind us on the radio, now I'm in the airplane, I heard this. We hear uh, Mexicana, uh, Mexicana 222, we 50-yard line. Uh, Roger, Mexicana, hold short of taxiway uniform. Royer. Hear the Roger again. So he gets up to taxiway uniform, turns right, keeps on trucking, blows right through it. Ground says, Mexicana, I told you to hold short of taxiway uniform. Now you hold short of taxiway 43. Royer. Blows right through 43, keeps on trucking, you know. And, and it's a simple thing, but this just tickled me. Ground controller comes on and he goes, you know, really angry. He goes, 
Mexicana, I told you to hold short of Taxway Uniform, and I told you to hold short of Taxway 43. Now you got to quit saying Royer and do what I say. And the guy goes, Royer. <laughs> I don't know why that just killed me. <laughs> now I said earlier that I had an announcement to make, and it's a personal announcement. I'm sure a lot of you are listeners to Fly With Me, which is Joe Dion's podcast at www.flywithjoe.com. And in that podcast, in an episode called I See Famous People, I told a few stories about going to and from Kuwait on military charters and how it was the most rewarding experience of my flying career. And I've got another trip tomorrow. So I'm off to Europe tomorrow, and then I'll be going to and from Kuwait, hopefully just bringing military home, but I don't know. I could be bringing them over there also. I'll find that out as I go, but I don't know when I'll be back. But I'm going to take my recorder with me and hopefully share with you some stories from the soldiers and hopefully share with you also, I just gained so much respect and admiration for our military doing those charters and talking to them as they were flying home to the States. And hopefully I can share some of that with you on my next podcast. So I hope you'll join me again next time at Betty in the Sky with Suitcase so we can travel the world together. Save big money on plant protection supplies. Now at Menards. Defend your garden with Triazicide Insect Killer. Its fast-acting formula protects lawns, vegetables, and many other plants. It kills more than 260 insects by contact, above and below ground. Choose from ready-to-spray, concentrate, or granular. Save big money on Triazicide Insect Killer at Menards. And check out our weekly flyer on Menards.com for all the great deals happening now. Save big-